This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, Winning Plays Podcast is back in action, and the NBA dog days are kind of here, but they're honestly not going to be here all summer long. My name is Brian Robb, joined by the one and only Brennan Jackson, B-Jax of Southwark Club fame. We're here, Jax, to catch up here because we haven't talked... I haven't talked to you about the offseason yet. The Celtics have actually been somewhat busy in the past week filling out the rest of the roster. And guess what? The Kevin Durant stuff, it's just not going to go away until he gets traded from the Celtics standpoint. And so nothing's going to happen for the next few weeks. Everyone's on vacation in the NBA right now. You're not going to see a big blockbuster deal right now. But we're still going to dive into the very latest in that situation later on in the pod. But First off, we have to bring up the most important thing right now. How do you feel about the Noah Vonley <laughs> signing for the end of the bench? Gabriel, Massachusetts native, having a chance to come home and make good at the end of the uh, to be, uh, the, the fifth big on the Celtics roster. It's it's funny, man, because I was like, okay, is he going to go Vonley or Caboclo? Like, which <laughs> which guy is he going to bring up? Like, make this be bigger news than it is. Um, yeah, obviously, love the fact that he's a local kid. Hate the fact that he went to Indiana instead of BC or sure. UMass or something like that. Obviously, but um, you know, when he first came out, he was like a what mid twenties pick. He was he, I forget where he was. He was definitely in the first round. He went ninth actually. I'm looking up right serious? now. Yeah, right. Oh I felt like God. I was. A, I knew it was lottery. I didn't realize it was nine. So, so I don't, so yeah, cause he, I guess he got drafted by the Hornets. Right. Yeah, so, yep. so all I know is one of my, uh, all I remember of him really in the NBA is my, I have a good friend who is a big uh, trailblazers fan. And when he was on the trailblazers for like a season and a half or whatever, uh, he was very high on Vonley. And I was like, dude, no, <laughs> no, this is not there. But the thing is, it's like Vonley for a, the piss that for the blazers was supposed to be like a, an impact player as oh, your yeah. fifth big on this team he might give he might be able to give you some regular season minutes so i'm I'm actually pretty stoked i mean he's older he uh he seems to have uh, had a couple of good seasons overseas yep you know um he played pretty well for the nets even though they didn't need him and they got rid of him they wanted to play claxton and inexplicably signed um uh, Oh my God, well, Drummond, Andre Drummond, you know, like, because that's what teams are going to do or Noah Vinley, whatever. But uh, yeah, is your fifth big? I'm not going to lie. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a situation. It's funny when you look back at just the arc of his career and, like you say, he got taken by the Hornets and then he was traded as like the centerpiece in like a Batum trade. Right. Um, right. Like young way back player. in, young yeah. player, you know, top 10 pick, didn't get to play much his first year. And then in Portland, and then he never he's averaged like 17 minutes or less per game his entire career, except for one year, like 2018, 19 with the Knicks was like a, his best year by far when he was 23 averaged pretty much eight and eight a game um, in 57 starts. But I assume that was for, look, yeah, that was for a pretty bad Knicks team. Yeah. 17 and 65 were a terrible Knicks team. Um, but now with the a little older, a little wiser, the time overseas, like you said, been a year in China, so it's it's just a training camp. I mean, it's there. There's no guaranteed money here, but for if you just need like an energy rebounder at the end of the the bench, which I think is actually a pretty important need for this team right now, because if if your other bigs off the bench is like Luke Cornett and and Gallo and and, and and right and Kevin, yeah, right. 
So that's going to be about it. Like you need one of those guys to at least be able to grab a few boards on nights where Al Horford or Rob's hurt and someone else is in foul trouble. No, totally. And like, as for as much as like we were dogging Tice at the end of the season last year, even though like we obviously love Tice, right? Like we'll always have a soft spot for him, but he played pretty badly at the end of the season and obviously made himself, you know, more expendable plus the contract. Yeah, magic, the contract. You just don't want to pay it right. You right. don't pay a center that much money off the bench. Um, that being said, though, like if none of these guys that they have, Cornette, Kevin Gelly, uh, and uh, Bonley, if you know if they all make the team, whatever. If these guys can't be that fourth big when someone goes down for an injury or or COVID or whatever, it's going to be a problem. Like, especially during the regular season, they're going to lose some games because of it if they can't get on the court. And I think you said it a couple pods ago with Ryan, like, like, I don't, I like Luke Cornette, you know, I'm sure he's got really good locker room stuff. Like I bet you he's like good in, in practice, whatever, but someone in the Celtics really likes him and enough people in the Celtics yes, organization that's clear. really <laughs> likes him. Uh, but if they're going to sign him and actually make, you know, sign him as if he were a rotation player, same with Sam Hauser. I just want them to play. That's it. Like, I don't care if they can play or not, if they're going to take up a roster spot and they're not Udonis Haslam, right? <laughs> like, you, I want them to play because there's so many times when the regular season, like minutes just need to get soaked up. And instead, if they don't play, then everyone else plays longer and we can't afford to play Al Horford 50 minutes a game. hundred yes. percent. I think that that really nails um, the biggest thing, biggest priority of their off season right now is to building that depth up. And they did that obviously, but getting a pair of guys in Brogdon, and Gallinari that certainly would take the onus off the backcourt and the wings. And so like Tatum doesn't have to play 37 minutes a night. Um, but you still didn't really address that from a big situation. And that's fine if you want to play small, but I'm not sure Ime Odoka wants to do it. We'll see if he wants to do that or not. If he's comfortable playing Grant at the five or even Gallo at the five and, and small stints and just see if he can get away with that. But, I mean, I'm I'm so happy you said that though, because everyone I've heard talk about Gallo talks about him like he's a power forward. And yeah, I get it. He plays four or five, five small five, whatever, because he's six ten and he's like yeah. a little thicker. But the dude is a wing player. He's you know a wing what player. I mean? Yeah, like he's not right. He's not gonna be able to read. Like if you're playing yeah. in center, you're gonna get destroyed in the boards. Exactly. And, and you can't defend. You know, right, you can't right. defend a big guy. Like no. so. Uh, yeah. So that's, I, yeah. That that's exactly. You don't want to be doing that ten minutes, and then you also don't want to be doing that because. And he'll get hurt if he's like trying yeah, to guard like big guys too. So that's something like that's more of a gimmick type situation in games that that's you can go to, but you don't want to rely on that. So yeah, like Cornette, like you said, we have to see if these guys can play. And he isn't. I mean, they sign and resign him again. He's he's only his deal is guaranteed for like seventy five thousand dollars or something very small. So it's very possible all these guys will be cut, and they'll just go to the scrap heap or make a trade if, if they don't like what they see from these guys in camp. But they, they certainly like the continuity that Cornette gave them last year. Um, and now you have a couple guys in Von Ley and Kevin Gelly that are just going to be more of a traditional, you know, athletic big that can get a bunch of boards. And it's like, okay, are they going to be able to hold up enough defensively to, to win that final spot? I don't know. Um, I mean, we haven't talked to you about like, do you like, like, who do you like in that battle right now from just like, what did you see from summer league from Kevin Gale? Like, do you feel well, like any of those guys have the inside track on it? 
Well, that's the thing. It's more recency bias. I mean, so so I guess so. Uh, Kevin Gelly's on the two way. He's on two way, and so he's safe. Is, he's pretty much safe. I think from that standpoon of like, because you be can play main though. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> you, right. you can play main, and then he can play up to like fifty games. Right. So it's it's a nice way to like, okay, we have this guy. We can develop him. We can pay him, but he's not on the cap. So it's like it's a safe way to like have an extra big on the roster without having to actually like pay one on the 15 man. Right. And they can always convert it. If he becomes right. really good, convert it. He's in the playoff roster, whatever. Um, but, and then what's Vonley exhibit 10? Like, yeah. is he just like, training? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. 50, yeah. Like he'll get $50,000 to come to camp probably. And that's it. Yeah. So obviously I'm, I'm thinking Kevin Galley has the better inside track. Um, they're about the same age. They're both first former first round picks in my mind, it's like who can replicate as much of Rob as possible while adding in maybe uh, a Tice three-pointer here or there. Because I yeah. know Kevin Gelly has worked on a shot, and I know um, Vonley has at least shown a willingness to shoot. Yeah. I don't know how well he shoots, but he's shown a willingness to shoot. So, like, I really want to see – but what I really want to see is, like, can 20% of either of those guys catch lobs like Rob? Because that can give like six points a game just on lobs. Like it just really easy, you know, uh, Malcolm Brogdon can absolutely throw the lob. Obviously, Mark and Smart can throw a lob. So like I would I would love for a team to ignore those two guys in the dunker spot and them just get six points a game. <laughs> and I think it's a great point for you because – they're going to have so many good offensive players around them that that that's going to be available for them. Like that's going to be a regular part of the, like that's if, if they have that, if they show that kind of capability um, in those, whatever, 10, 20 games per year, where, where Al is having a night off on the back-to-back or Rob is just out because he's out um, or both of them are out. It's a situation where they, Ime Adoka really love to lean in hard to all those guys. And, and it, obviously paid off until the finals. Um, but for the regular season now, it was clear that they were done in the finals. Like a lot of those guys were completely worn down. And now that the plan is to be like, all right, let's make sure we have everyone having enough in the tank at that point. And Al Horford's not coming off of a 30 game season in Oklahoma city anymore, where he didn't have to like, that's a really you know, good point. Do anything. So that, that's, so you, you have to, you have my to, night, right. You, right. You really have to work in that rest for him. If you a want a year him. older and a season, like a full season, a full to season. The finals. Yes. Oh, so that that's a lot. Um, do you have any thoughts on Bruno? I honestly, like I didn't watch a ton of him in Toronto. I know he bounced around a little bit after that. He played in, I want to say Brazil last year. So it was just out of the NBA entire, really. It's funny that Brad Stevens is, um, he's going with these more, you know, a lot of teams will go the undrafted rookie route. He's going with, no, let's get the, uh, Let's get the veteran once premier first round pick guys that have been around the block a couple of times and maybe they can refine the resurgence in the mid twenties. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's obvious that he's really trying to thread the needle between not a young guy, rookie, whatever. I know I can't trust you because you've never gone through a full NBA season or you've only gone through one and you didn't show enough. And then I definitely don't want, the over the hill veteran. I don't want a team of all gallows, right? Like yeah. all Gallinari's because he just doesn't think they're going to, I'm assuming hold up for the whole season. They didn't go. Uh, I didn't, I don't know if they had a chance to get him, but like 
they didn't even sniff around PJ Tucker. Like I know that was like yeah, collusion. Right. It was pretty much a done deal. He was going to Philly, but like there was no even whiff. And like that in my mind is like, would be a perfect option to add to a final, the finals loser, you know, Oh, get a wing player who can D a three and D and is tough and all that stuff. Anyway, it's interesting that he's going this way with Von Lay, Kevin Gelly and Caboclo with Bruno. It's like, it's just, I'm a big draft type guy. I love it. I eat it up. I know most of it's just made up whole cloth. You know what I mean? From guys who watch grainy YouTube videos. I love being that guy. I absolutely do. And like, you get certain feelings about certain players. And obviously with Giannis, that uh, happened a few years before Bruno got drafted. Everyone wants to find the next Giannis. And his specs are crazy. He's like six nine. He's got like a seven seven wingspan, something insane like that. If you look at him, his arms are so long. He might even be that guy in the dunker spot. But obviously, it just it just never panned out for him. Um, from what I've read, he has all the same traits as Giannis, but he doesn't have like the head and the heart. You know? Yeah. So who knows? Who knows how fair that is? That's pretty easy. You know, I've never met the guy. I've never even followed him that closely. So it's pretty easy for me to read that and say, okay, that makes sense. But I don't know if that's true. So that's sort of all my thoughts on Bruno Caboclo. I'm bummed he didn't get like, just become the next amazing guy, even though the Celtics didn't even draft him. <laughs> so like, I'm wondering like how he makes, is he, does he make the team when he just shows off? Okay. He can be like a defensive force. In like it's wings that were bigs. That's right. That's, I, can't I don't find know. This guy. That's the thing, yeah. right? It's like, and I think that is there, there, that was never really clear cut because it's like, all right, he's you know, he has the wingspan and stuff like that, and he's six nine, um, but he's only two hundred eighteen pounds, so he doesn't and he doesn't really rebound at all. So from that standpoint, I guess he rebounds a little bit, but certainly not what you'd expect for someone that size and with that kind of a wingspan. He's, he's Jabari Parker without the skill, you know, <laughs> he's like, he's like a total, he looks like a perfect basketball player. You know, he looks block like, shots. We yeah. Know that, but. yeah. He's super long, but like, again, who does he defend? Is he just, is he, is this another, even though he's not a pure analog, but is this another Rob cover where, yeah, dude, I know you're not a center. I know you're not going to take the tip, but it, can you freelance and right. block shots or gobble yeah. rebounds or just try to deter someone, you know, it, it, this, it was a puzzler. Like this is the one that's the real puzzler. Cause like, I don't know how he fits on this team. I don't know how he fits in the NBA. So I don't know how he fits on this well, team. Well, he didn't at all last year. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> it feels very much like Jabari Parker, like uh kind of a hype, like signing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a fun name. And then, I mean, beyond that, so they still have other browser spots. I would guess the, the buzz, you know, based on how things look in summer league, I think I imagine Justin Jackson and Broderick Thomas are a couple guys that probably at least get a chance to make the team out of camp. Uh, I think they both had pretty strong summer leagues and I think they, you know, they clearly need another like real wing. I'd honestly like it to be a better wing than that, but Jackson, I mean, (laughs) right. But I don't know. Jackson looks pretty decent. So I know I got another pretty much the same exact mold as these guys, but maybe with a little bit better of a resume. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, namesake aside, I've just never been a Justin Jackson guy. Yeah. I, I just, because again, when people are like six, seven, six, eight can shoot a little, can dribble a little, I just expect them to be really good. You know, I like, I'm spoiled by like the Gordon Haywards and LeBron James is like all these 
people that fit that archetype where it's like, no, you can do that. Like I've seen you hit stroke of three. I've seen you dribble. I've seen you pass. But like, again, like it just, it, it it's never really like translated for me watching him in the league. And so um, I was really stoked about Broderick Thomas. I saw nothing from him on the Celtics regular season that made me think he could play. And then in summer league, uh, he was just super active. He could shoot a little bit. He could handle a little bit, pass a little bit. It was kind of, I don't know. I was like, I got higher on Broderick Thomas watching him in uh, summer league. I agree. I was like, again, he didn't play much at all last year, but when he did play in a couple of meaningful games, it was like, all right, this is like, what are we doing bringing to the table here? But summer league, he was consistent. He was strong defensively and the he was offense, better than Hauser. He was better than Hauser. Yeah. Oh yeah. He looked like, he looked like the guy that was actually ready to, to help both on both sides of the the court from that standpoint and so that's from an athleticism standpoint there's no question that he's probably better than anyone that we've talked about today and so if he can start to kind of put it together here um with the continuity factor of having been in the system for a full year last year too i think he has a pretty big edge there but that's gonna be that'll be a fascinating one to watch they still have a couple more spots to uh, open here so we'll keep an eye on that um but first we're gonna talk about our sponsor bet online which is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. You can find reviews and news from every league, including major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live and in-game betting props and futures head on over to bet online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. All right, Jax, we haven't talked at all since the KD leaks came out. Um, we're a few weeks removed at this point. Steve Bulpet of the of heavy.com actually reported that Durant was supposed to meet with the Nets this week. I'm just curious what your whole take on this whole situation is from all sides from the Celtics side, from the Nets side, from Durant side. How do you see this? We know what's out there. We can guess where this leaks came from. I think pretty obvious in the point. I'm curious to say where things go from here. Like, where do you think we look at in terms of training camp as the season goes on here from, especially from the Brooklyn Durant perspective, if, uh, if the market seems to be kind of stuck like it is right now. Yeah, I think the fact that we haven't talked about it and it's been out for like three weeks or four weeks or whatever shows you everything you need to know about what I think of it. Like, I I just, I think, you know, I think the biggest limiting, a couple of the biggest limiting factors are uh, Durant is under control for what, three more seasons, four more seasons or whatever. So like, why would the, why wouldn't the Nets try to give it you know, try to re- repair that relationship. A right. B. Um, the Celtics just came off, you know, two wins away from an NBA championship, and then had a amazing off season, right? Where they got market, you know, at least on paper, markedly better. They took non-rotation guys or fringe rotation guys and Tice and turned them into, you know, Gallo and Brogdon. And you really think that those guys will be in the rotation, probably in the playoffs, probably if they get to the finals. So uh, my, my standpoint is at all of that, you have a window wh- where your young guys are, 
are 24 and 25, your foundation building blocks. And as we all heard the rumors, it's going to definitely cost Jalen Brown. So that's your 25-year-old building block. You're going to trade for a 34-year-old who comes off an injury, who, and this is what's not getting enough play, but who is is unhappy at a team that he handpicked with a roster that he handpicked. So again, like best friends are the guy who torpedoed your own franchise or tried to two years ago. I just, I just like, have we learned nothing? Right. (laughs) There's no, when you put it like that, Jack, (laughs) there's no doubt in my mind that that Kevin Durant is a better player than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I'm not arguing that. Right. Right and right now, in this moment, he is a better player than both those guys. He's a clear-cut number one. I personally don't think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have shown their clear-cut number one, especially the way they both performed at times in the finals. I know I'll get a lot of heat for that. I'm sorry. No, you won't. <laughs> and, and listen, I hope to see it next season. That's a whole other podcast. And I, ho- and I think I will. But again, a whole other podcast. We're talking about Kevin Durant. So all those things... I, I totally concede that he's the better player. I just like from, from a fan perspective, I'm a Celtics fan. I want Jalen Brown on this team from a, from a, you know, and then from a basketball stand, stand like sense, we all saw what happened with Kevin, Kevin Garnett here. We got him when he was what 30, 31. And he, we, we thought the window was open for a little bit longer and one off season or one season, the next season, you know, just, just went up in flames. You know yeah. what I mean? We basically had two and a half seasons of them and that was it. And that was the whole window. And I just, I just like, I, he, Durant's 34. <laughs> like if you could, if you could say, all right, we're trading these, we're trading Jalen Brown, we're trading uh, whoever else. And we'll get Kevin Durant and you are guaranteed. We're going to give you the Larry O'Brien trophy the next day. Then fine. You make the trade. Why not? You, you win. I'm not a Kevin Durant guy. I don't like, I don't like him personally. I, I think he's, I hate the burner stuff, the burner account stuff. I don't know yeah. if you know that, you know, he's got oh, yeah. Twitter yep. accounts. Yep. He got caught. I hate the fact that he's a 34 year old, you know, using homophobic slurs against Michael Rappaport for no reason. Like that's just like, you're 34, you're not 15. So I think there's some arrested development there. And I just like, I just, you know, he's, he's trying to get out of the team that he handpicked and he's best friends with the dude who clearly just, you know what I mean? Just yeah. doesn't care about franchises. Not to say that he necessarily should, but like I do. So those are sort of my scattered thoughts about him. The, if you want to talk about the rumors and stuff, like I think it's hilarious where it's like, the rumor is Jalen Brown and a first round pick and Derek white, you know, and then the, the net side is no, 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 no. Jalen Brown, Marcus smart. And like three first rounders. It's like the answer to both of those is no. <laughs> and I don't want to find a middle ground in that. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so and those are my I, scattered thoughts. And I doubt they will, to be honest. It's yeah. like, it's. And so you, and like you said, I think it really makes sense from a, if you look at how this is going to play out now, the Nets really have, I think clearly their best move right now is just to try to repair it. Yeah. If they can and, and wait that out. And you might 
it really might hurt them more down the road in terms of like return if they have to get more desperate with teams. But I think the lack of willing suitors out there that can pay a reasonable price for Durant and still have enough left over to win is so low right now where it really like you need, you need some team to get more desperate and that's not going to happen this off season. No, especially since like people took themselves, teams took themselves out of the running, like Phoenix took themselves right. out of the running. And so like in Miami took themselves out of the running. Did, I like, did, did Phoenix take, I mean, I wonder if there is obviously Aiton is, is, is out and they're supposedly, you know, they're not going to trade Paul or, or Booker. I do wonder if like the best Brooklyn will eventually be able to do is, is like bridges, cam Johnson, all the picks, all the swaps and whatever else they need. I mean, that that's a terrible, right. a terrible package, but that I can honestly see that being the best package that like emerges so in I'm like just, a few months. Totally. And I was totally thinking like the same, if it's like Jalen Brown and a pick, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. Jalen Brown is a better player than my, oh, yeah. uh, bridges yeah, he's, and sure, cam sure. Johnson. Right. So that obviously has more value. Um, but like at that point though, then all 30 teams have, have a viable package, yes, right? I agree. Yeah. So that's the tough part. So, uh, and again, like, I just like, it's, it's, it's sort of like, I just, there are plenty of dumb teams, right. And there are plenty of teams that, uh, will, will like, if, like, you know, we can convince him to stay, we can convince him to stay. And like the Kawhi Leonard won a freaking championship with Toronto and they were, they could be ready-made to be right back there. And he was like, nah, peace. I'm out of here. Yeah. Like, like you can't convince people so you can't convince everyone to stay and you barely can convince one, like a single person to stay. And yeah. so I just like, it, it's a recipe for disaster. And I know he has to stay, right. He's got three seasons it has to, but he has to stay with the nets. So like, right. obviously none of this means anything. Like he could, torpedo his way out of any team if you wanted to you have to when you're giving up this those kind of assets you want to guarantee you're getting a fully engaged player for those which is not you know far from guaranteed um and so that's where that's going to cause some hesitation for these wild card teams that could could give up what the nets want but then they're like all right is this is durant going to be like i don't want to be here and this is totally not good enough to win so that's it's the but at the same time now i just the, there's so many the the list the the offers the, the teams in play here there's really not a lot of impressive stuff out there so it, it's going to be i i'm just fascinated to see if durant plays hard hardball at the nets and they say let's like let's figure this out and he's just like no like screw you guys like i'll sit out or i'm just going to dog it and like really screw you guys over even more and, like, and this is where it sucks because, like, I am like ninety nine point nine nine percent always with the labor side of any argument, right? So I'm players, right, over owners. Because yeah. if I have to, like, if I have to, you know, uh, uh, root for a millionaire, it's definitely going to be against a billionaire. I just that's just the way I'm built. But like, in this sort of play, where like he got Kevin Durant got everything he wanted, like they all said they all conceded whatever. There's got to be some sort of like contractual language where if you do something like this, where you like knowingly torpedo like a whole franchise, like, okay, do you have to like, pay, is there a penalty, right? Is there a pay, payment penalty? You got to pay back your contract 
or you got to pay like the luxury tax bill that they had to pay the last couple of <laughs> seasons to get your, you know, your handpicked players, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, those are both bad ideas and they will never be agreed on in the CBA, but still like, like there's gotta be a, a way that you can save yourself from like situations like this, where it's not like no one forced him to sign a contract. A lot of these guys well, sign one and ones, right. Yeah. To, to keep that flexibility. No, he was like, no, I'm going to win multiple championships I'm with my buddy Kyrie. Like we're nasty. We're tops of the league. And, and I get to handpick my players. So I'm here for the long haul. Well, guess what? He's not. And so like things change so quickly. And that's why like, the Celtics are so fortunate. They have the homegrown players. There's no guarantee that they're going to stay, right? There's also the idea that Jalen Brown's up in 2024 and he just signed with Kanye West. Kanye West might make him play in the CBA, right? <laughs> Chinese basketball. So who knows? Sure. Something completely off the wall. He might tell him, like convince him to give up basketball. I have no idea. But like, so that's obviously a concern whether he's going to do in 2024. But I still would rather try to, keep the homegrown home developed talent a guy that's gotten better every year and he's only 25 like i just don't see why you would mortgage all that opportunity for a guy who may not want to even play for you well i think (laughs) i think he the vast majority of the Celtics fan base agrees with you from just based on people i've talked to and social media over the last few weeks but where it's Certainly not going to go away for at least another month or two here as this drags out. We're going to. Well, would you, would you do it though? You haven't said if you would do it or not. Oh, for, yeah, I think the, I would do it for the, the Celtics offer that was on the table, but I'm not doing it for what, you know, I'm not giving up picks, more picks and more players to do it. So you would do Jalen Brown, Derek White in a pick. Yes. Yes. I would absolutely. Just because he's that good. Yeah. I think he's just that good. I think for as, I think Durant and Tatum as a one-two for and for the next like two seasons with the supporting cast they have around them. Like I think your odds, your championship odds go up by so much in that scenario. We're are, they're already favored to win the I championship. I mean, they're already favored, but now like they're slight, they're like slightly favored. Like if you yeah. they become clear-cut favorites in that for the next two years. And I think also your your team is built where you can protect like the Durant injury stuff, you at least can protect that. And and I don't know, like. I at least have for all the like mental question marks you have about Durant, like you at least you have Ime Odoka who coached him for a year and yeah, can at least true. answer like to have boots on the ground for that situation. Be like, you can ask someone who's actually been there with him. If he wants him, then I'm like, okay, making that deal. If he says no, like give me Jalen over him. I don't like, like, I think that's, that's, that's the kind of conversation I feel like would go on in that situation. And I mean, time will tell again, how hard they push to see if, if that's like, oh yeah, we'll take them. If it's just Jalen and a little and uh, an expendable yeah. guard in white, then like, great. If it's if it's more than that, if we have to tear up more of our starting five, then that's a different conversation. But yeah, I think some people like uh, two two sort of arguments for different sides. Like one, like I think people are discounting what a full training camp and full season with Derek white will do. Like, yeah, obviously we saw a big up and down from him, and he was great at some. No, he's good. And- yeah, but he's good. Exactly. He is good. Like it's, we've seen so much evidence that he is good. So I think that's going to be good. And then on the flip side, on the other, for the other argument, like 
we're talking a lot about Kevin Durant's injury history, but two seasons ago, Jalen Brown didn't finish the season. Yeah. He was out for Fair. the playoffs. And something I just keep forgetting because of recency bias and because he was so good in this year's playoffs and he's so young. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not as easy as I made it out to be, but I still, you know, I guess from a fan, I'll just, I'll just go the back sa- to the, the saver play. Yeah. The saver play yeah. and the more, the more thoroughly, the more rewarding as a fan is, is, is the path they are currently on. And yeah. that I think we'll see if that matters to, it certainly doesn't matter. Like the, the phantom part doesn't matter to the front office, but the, uh, the fan base will certainly hold on to that track um, when these things come up. All right. Make sure you're following BJax on Twitter at Jax S O B D. Um, make sure you rate, review, subscribe to Wing Place Pod. We'll be back at it for at least once a week for the rest of the offseason here as the roster gets filled out as we get more murmurings, or just to, you know, we need to have more deep dives about the 15th and Yes, in the roster. Like, we, this is uh, we we just scratched the surface tonight, Jackson. I think we, need we didn't to, even talk about JD Davidson. We didn't talk about JD, I know it's a missed opportunity right now. So stay tuned for that. Um, as always, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later this week.